All right, a lot to do as Yankee baseball tonight in Texas. Uh, we told you about Tampa being in a play up here for three days at City Field, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because of the hurricane. We know with the game down there, the NFL game has been canceled already. That, storm, that uh, hurricane's going to storm through Florida uh, starting on Saturday. Uh, so, you know, our best told the people down there, we all know a million people in Florida. As we, as, I mean, everyone is connected to Florida in some way. Uh, we got a busy show the rest of the way. Doc O'Brien will be on doing his injury stuff, uh, go around the league. We got picks. Uh, yes, we'll do picks in the, probably around 5.05. Two minute drill. We got Gary Danson on all the college football. And we had Peter Schrager from Fox and the NFL Network who's going to join us on Fridays uh, and tell us some lies about what's going on around the league uh, on, uh, you know, as, uh, as uh, we get to the weekend and uh, see what's going on around the league. And the buzz this morning is that the Pats are not immortal after everybody had them going 15 and one. Well, you know what? They're going to have to win 15 straight to get to 15 and one. So uh, shockwaves through the NFL this morning, Peter. Yeah. Good to, good to talk to you, Mike. I'm honored to be uh, on in the last. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. I'll tell you, last, last night was a, was a shockwave throughout the NFL, but I've got a lot of texts this morning saying that defense isn't the same. And they gave up 42 points last night. They gave up the most yards ever under Belichick with the Patriots. And when you don't have Rob Ninkovich and you don't have Logan Ryan and you got guys like Cassius Marsh covering Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill, there might be some questions about that defense. So the offense was fine. They scored 27 points. They went up and down the field. They, they didn't have any turnovers, but the defense couldn't stop anything. And if that's the issue, they're going to have some problems this year. Well, they'll make their adjustments. I mean, they're very good at it. And, and again, uh, there's a couple of things last night that surprised you. Uh, three things really stand out. Number one, them going 0 for 2 on fourth down, which is, uh, is unheard of. Uh, no, number uh, two, giving up long touchdowns. They do not give up long touchdowns. I mean, that's their that's their motto. That's their credo is not to give up long touchdowns. And number three, don't get beat by the guy that they isolate, which in this case would have been Tariq Hill, and they got beat by him. So that's very, very unusual stuff for a Belichick defense. Yeah, and Alex Smith had, in his career, two touchdowns of 75 years, yards or more the entire career before last night's game. He had two last night. So you could say that's not usual for the Patriots. It's not usual for Alex Smith, but he balled out last night. He played really well, and, you know, he's the senior guy on that team all of a sudden. You think of him still as a young quarterback, but those kids are so young. Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt and Albert Wilson, and Alex Smith looked like a really competent quarterback last night, and I think the drafting of Mahomes lit a little fire under him. Uh, everything I'm hearing out of Kansas City is that he's had the best preseason, the best August, you know, you hear it every year, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he's had this happen to him with Kaepernick in San Francisco. He's had it happen. He's seen this book play out. He doesn't want to happen again. He, he's the leader of that team. Man, the interesting, I mean, Andy runs a very interesting offense. You know, he runs the tight, three tight end stuff. He, he can allow the quarterback to keep everything inside the numbers. You can build a Hall of Fame career throwing inside the numbers. Drew Brees has done it his whole life. Uh, so, uh, and they have a lot of weapons. Andy's very good with that stuff. He's very good with using the middle of the field. That's his forte. A lot of stuff off play action. I believe the Chiefs run more play action than any team in the NFL. So, I mean, there's some good stuff in that offense. I'm not surprised the Chiefs played well. They're pretty pretty good, uh, but it was alarming what the Pats did. But the Pats, remember, I remember a game, I don't remember what year it was, when they cut Loya Malloya and lost, they got shut out. Buffalo. Right, Buffalo. they lost 31 yep. nothing, and everyone wrote them off, and then they turned around and they basically won the whole thing. So, I mean, I would not react overly, and we all react, we all overreact to week one. That's what one. we do. That's what, That's what we, we, do. we do. So, <laughs> and here's a classic case of it, because, I mean, was there a, 
national preview this year that did not talk about how the Pats had the biggest edge they've ever had going into a season? Yeah, I mean, everything was, are they going to go undefeated? Are they better than the 20, 2007 team or they're 0-1? I, I will say this. They lose the game last night, and everyone says, oh, I feel bad for their next opponent. They go into New Orleans next week. I, you know, I, the Saints have a really good offense and a really good team when they're inside that dome. I'm not so certain the Patriots are going to come right in and waltz all over the Saints next week. So, well, I'll tell you one thing, there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game. That's the one oh, thing, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. which there always are in Payne home game. All right. Um, we saw a running back yesterday just light up the charts. I mean, and, he, and coming off the early fumble, what a great game. The kid, the kid put up enormous numbers. I mean, so uh, good for him. Uh, now, that's one of the themes. Running backs this week. You got a lot of high-priced and very high-drafted running backs all over the league. We all know who they are, you know, from McCaffrey uh, to Fournette to Dalvin to all that. And he's starting in Minnesota to all these kids. You have the new ones. like, and Then you have guys changing scenery like Peterson. So the running back is an interesting position this week. Which one of these guys do you see having the biggest impact? I'm in San Francisco right now. I'm watching Niners practice as I'm talking to you. I'm doing the sidelines for Fox, and all the talk is already about how do you defend McCaffrey. And he's a rookie. He hasn't even played a game yet. So this is the story. I think what you saw from Kareem Hunt last night, he had the most yards ever from scrimmage for a player making his NFL Yeah, debut. the most in history, absolutely, yes. Ever, yes. ever. And that was after the fumble, like you said. McCaffrey, they want to get him the ball a bunch, Carolina, and they want to do that to the term of 25 to 30 touches, whether it be through the air or whether it be on the ground. And the thing that I'm hearing most, that everyone in Carolina, this is from defensive players, this is from defensive coaches, you know he's going to be your scat back. You know he can do things on the outside. Mike, they're saying he can carry guys on his back, and he does the Ezekiel Elliott thing where it looks like a two-yard gain, but it's a six-yard gain up the gut. He runs through the tackles and in between the tackles, and they took him with the eighth overall pick. You don't draft a player eighth overall to use as some sort of decoy. So I'm most excited to see him. He's coming back to Stanford. There's some crazy coincidences like, his college roommate was Solomon Thomas. He's on the other side of the field, and he was he was babysit. He was you know his babysitter as a kid was Kyle Shanahan, who's the opposing coach this weekend. So he's going to be fascinating. And you mentioned the other ones, Fournette and Cook. But what I really like what you said was the Adrian Peterson thing. I want to go to Marshawn Lynch. I think that's a fascinating story. They play the Titans. I want to see what Marshawn Lynch does because if the Raiders are going to do anything this year, they need to do it on offense. Their defense is terrible. So they need to score 40 points. They need to score 35 points. And if Marshawn Lynch is fresh and has the legs, that's one thing. If he doesn't and he looks like the 30-something-year-old running back who hasn't played in 24 months, that's going to be a whole other deal. So Marshawn Lynch is a fascinating one for me. Uh, we're talking with Peter Schrager, Fox, NFL Network, um, NFL Insider. Um, do you believe that uh, Elliot will seek an injunction, and do you believe that he will get an injunction? Uh, well, it's decision day right now. We'll see what happens in the next couple hours. Everything I'm being told, and I don't have anyone in Sherman, Texas, as a source right now, so I don't know exactly how the legal situation is going to play out, but the Cowboys are preparing for him to play this Sunday, and they're thinking he will be out the next six weeks, and if anything else changes, good for Dallas and good for him and good for the NFLPA to get him back on the field. Uh, but they have prepared all along as if he will not be in the lineup. 
and then you go from there, and it's everything else is just so gravy. So we're not expecting him to file an injunction, or we all? Oh, we? I think I think there will be an injunction. I think it's going to be the same deal as the Tom Brady deal. Okay. I think he's going to go as far as he can with this. Okay, well then we'll see how that works out. We'll find out if he gets a, and I and I think in Texas he'll find a favorable judge. So I think that's, yeah. So that's I, the, that's the yes. wonder of it all. You yeah. Know, so all I would expect out. that to happen, and then I expect to see him uh, on the field. Give me the team uh, that you think might surprise this year, either conference that you think that, you know, maybe is under the radar that you think might surprise, might bounce back, whatever it is. I can leave Carolina into that category. They're an easy bounce back team because really they weren't bad last year. They just lost a lot of close games. Their secondary stunk. Uh, They could bounce back. Arizona clearly could bounce back. They lost. Fitzgerald told me they lost five games directly because of their special teams. That's what he said to me. So he said five games, Mike, we lost on special teams. So I mean, they could—they actually were like the number three team in the league per play. So I mean, they could, yeah, yeah, they could—they could bounce back quickly. Is there anybody else you think's got a surprise that could surprise this year? Yeah, and, and Cam Newton was playing with a separated shoulder last year, and Luke Keekley, the best defensive player in their team, was out for half the season. So Carolina's an obvious one. But I'm going to go with the same team I've been saying all August, and I think you're in the same boat with me. I think Detroit could be a team to be reckoned with this year. Stafford, they were 9-4 and four when he hurt the middle finger of his throwing hand, didn't say a word about it, didn't cry about it, didn't show up to the media with slings all over his arms, just played football, and they lost. Um, but Matt Stafford just got paid. He's the highest-paid quarterback in the league. Everyone was pulling their hair out. How could he do that? Well, you talk to anybody around the league, they all say that Matt Stafford's the real deal. And that team brings back everybody from a squad that was 9-4 and four on December 18th before they played the Giants, and Stafford got injured. So I think Detroit Lions, everyone's talking about Green Bay. There are a lot of holes in that Green Bay defense. I think Detroit could be a surprise team in the NFC North. And also, just in the NFC in general, I think the NFC's wide open, a lot of good teams. I wouldn't be shocked, especially after last year. In the last two years, when you see Carolina – and Atlanta represent the team from the conference. Nothing is crazy to suggest Detroit Lions and Super Bowl this year. Um, I think Atlanta is still ahead they're above loaded. everybody. I think they. I think right now, and listen, they're up twenty-eight to three with two minutes left in the third quarter. You have to basically just get real dumb to lose that game, which they did. They got real dumb, and and I said it off the blanket. I said, you know, the idea is to win the game. It's not to show up your opponent. I mean, just go back and end the game. I mean, so uh, he said, well, we'll live and learn. I said, you know, <laughs> give me a break. I mean, I, I I don't know unless they have a unless they have a real problem with that mentally, and I don't know if they do or not. I haven't been around them, but. Talent-wise, they're a better team than they were last year. Last year, by the second half of the season, they were killing people. And they were killing people right through the Super Bowl when they were killing the Pats. To me, they have the best talent in the league. I think they're going to have a big season. Is last year going to hold them back? No. And, and, you know, they had an all-pro cornerback in Desmond Trufant hurt the second half of the season who didn't play in the Super Bowl. So you add him. You add Tack McKinley, who's an animal, who's in the first round, and then they bring back 10 of 11 starters from the 10th-ranked NFL offense of all time, and everyone's saying, oh, well, they lost in Super Bowl hangover. It's a different deal. Dan Quinn, I mean, he is a Jersey guy through and through, and his whole deal is embrace the suck. That's the term he had. It's all over their locker room. That is the term. Embrace the suck. Don't walk away from it. Last year, Cam Newton lost that Super Bowl. He said he refused to watch the game tape afterwards. And I think that was a, that was a mistake. Watch the game tape. Embrace it. Matt Ryan and I spoke. He said he called it, I don't want to say the word, but he called it a you-know-what sandwich. You sometimes you just got to eat it, and you got to take it, and you got to move on. They're not running away from what this was. They know how bad it was. It was historic. 
And they're also a little sick of hearing about Kyle Shanahan's genius. They don't want to hear that Kyle Shanahan was the reason the offense did so well. You know what? They also have pretty good players. Julio Jones is a pretty good player. Oh, yeah, have, two they have tremendous players. And once good. they got Alex Mack on that offensive line, they took off. You got it. And they, and they all come back. They all bring them back. And DeFonte Freeman got paid. They got that settled. So in Atlanta, they think they're going to be, be even better with Sark as the offensive coordinator or with whoever's the offensive coordinator. Those guys are fired up, and they play Chicago this weekend. In Chicago, Mike, I wouldn't be shocked if they come out and win like 42 to 14 and just tell the rest of the league, we're still here, we're here to stay. Because I, 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 I am to agree with you about them. I really do. Let me bring up another player. You know, we talked about running backs. We're talking with Peter Schrager, Fox, uh, NFL Network. I, I don't know if this is something the league wants to embrace or doesn't want to embrace, but I hear that Mixon is a monster in Cincinnati. <laughs> I hear he's unbelievable. Now, this is a guy that we all know would have been a high draft pick except for his baggage. But I hear he's so good, they can't even keep him on the bench. He's so good in Cincinnati. You know, before the draft, we were doing all the running backs, and Mixon was kind of an afterthought. And it was almost like people didn't want to touch it because of the incident. It was like, well, it's easier just to avoid it. But the NFL can't avoid it, and we can't avoid it if he's as good as everyone's saying he is out of Cincinnati. And this is the deal. Maurice Jones-Drew, former All-Pro running back, tells me, Stop talking about Fournette. Stop talking about McCaffrey. It's going to be Joe Mixon. I've watched all the tapes. He's that good, and he is, Mike, and he's been dominating in August. Everyone's saying at training camp it's not even a question between him, Gio Bernard, and Jeremy Hill. It's all about Joe Mixon. I had a scout tell me this. He said he's better than Bell. I Think said, about that. come on now. And they he said, the he thing. said, watch, he's, that, he's better. That's his running style. That hesitation that, that Bell does where he kind of gets a handoff and sort of waits a second before he hits the hole, that's what Joe Mixon does. And he catches out of the backfield and he blocks. Joe Mixon could be incredible. And the NFL is going to be at this crossroads with, it's almost like with Tyreek Hill last year. Do you embrace this guy? Do you say he made a mistake or do we shun him? Like, the draft, it was almost as if we weren't allowed to talk about Joe Mixon. But if he's running for 150 yards and making plays all over the field, you got to celebrate the player and deal with whatever he did in the past. You know who I think is on the hot seat early is uh, Dirk Cutter because to me, Tampa's got players. They got to be, be they got to be more consistent. Winston's I like Winston. I've, I've always been a Winston fan. I think Winston's a good quarterback too. I think he's a good leader. I think he's a good quarterback. Um, but that team needs to be more consistent, and it'll be interesting to see because I could see ownership being upset because, you know, if you hear around the league, the buzz is that Tampa Bay's got a ton of talent. Yeah, everyone's looking at that roster around the league and saying, well, how can't they go to the playoffs? They've got it all. And the underrated aspect of them, it's not as sexy as talking about Deshaun Jackson, but their defense was one of the top five defenses in the league last year, and Mike Smith just got them going. So they're loaded on both sides of the ball, but you're right. Dirk Cutter, let's go win now. You know, the hard knocks thing was fun. Everyone got on the Tampa Bay hype train, but now you have to go win football games. And the big deal with them is that division, right? you got the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Saints. So as good as we want to talk about the Buccaneers, are they winning that division? Are they going to be second place in that division? They've been in fourth place a lot of years in a row. I'm curious to see how they respond in those division games. That's going to be a big one for them. Uh, before you go, i got to mention my favorite player, which is, and he won't be playing this week, which is Luck. Uh, and the general manager, the new one, said an interesting thing. He said he's not playing anymore until he's 100% healthy. We went through two years of playing this guy hurt to try and win games, and now we're paying a steep price. He's not getting back on the field. Well, one thing, you are, head, you are basically sending the coach to an execution then because without him, they have no chance to win games. Their rest of their roster is so bad, it's unbelievable, and you, you don't realize it until you look at them with him out of the lineup. They're one of the worst teams in the league with him out of the lineup. 
They drafted a center in the first round last year to Alabama and Ryan Kelly. He's out. They have Vontae Davis, who's a Pro Bowl cornerback. He's out. Andrew Luck is out, and it's all smoke and mirrors out of what's going on over there. But they didn't put him on the PUP, which means that they think he might be able to play before week six. But that's no guarantee. It's a real weird deal because when you get an offseason shoulder surgery and you're a quarterback, you want to at least hear that he's throwing the ball. But as of a couple of weeks ago, he was only throwing tennis balls. He might not be back to week four or five, which means that's fine for the long-term general manager. He's got luck under a long-term contract. He can build the team around him, but Pagano might not survive it. Yeah, and I think when the, you know people looked at that trade that New England made with Philip Dorsett for Jacoby Brissett, uh, that that wasn't as much a New England trade as it was an Indianapolis trade. That was them telling you like, e, we need an actual quarterback besides this kid Tolzien. We need another option, and Brissett's that guy. The other deal in that game, they're playing the Rams, and I, just really quickly, Aaron Donald might be the best defensive player in football. He is, and he's not there. And, yeah, and he's I'm holding you, out. People forgot to talk. You know, they haven't talked much about that. He's holding out. Isn't that amazing? Top player on his side of the ball in football, and he's not going to play week one. And I've heard it from both sides. Now, the agent is the same agent who represented Joey Bosa last year, and they took it all the way to the wire. They didn't care. They're digging their heels in. They want money. Mike, they want more guaranteed money that I'm told than even Dominican Sue got. And Sue was a free agent. Aaron Donald has two years left on his contract. And I don't know to give kudos to the Rams or to smack them around for this, but they're basically digging their heels in and saying, I think the Rams years, are 100% right. If a guy's got a contract, I am not letting him hold left. out. I'm not letting two him hold left. out. He wants to come in on, on a year where he's a free agent, fine. But if he's got a contract, he can't hold out. And, and Mike, they went 4-12 and 12 with him last year. So that's the philosophy. I hear the quarterbacks improve, though. I hear he's oh, playing he a lot good. better. I hear he looks he pretty looks good. Someone who told me who was there and, and uh, had them in the preseason said to me, Mike, he's playing well. And I said, boy, he was terrible last year. They said he was badly coached. He's playing well. The bottom line is, uh, I'll be surprised. I didn't think he was very good last year. Look, he was the first overall pick. Someone had to see something. Here's the deal with that, though. Last year, and I'm not trying to knock Jeff Fisher and Rob Boris, who was the offensive coordinator, but now they bring in Sean McVay. They bring in Greg Olson, who's been around forever. They bring in Matt LaFleur from Atlanta. He is being coached up. I mean, McVay is basically Kirk Cousins' whisperer and got him to where he is. And, and they like golf. I could tell you, those Rams guys, they have no doubt that they have their quarterback in the future. And Look, they play the Colts week one at home. They have to win that game. That's a win for them. And they got him a weapon, too, which wasn't bad either. So No, this yeah. kid Sammy Watkins. And I'm going to give you another name there, Cooper Cup. Cooper, uh, you better, listen, if I hear any more about this guy, I've been hearing about this guy all preseason. We're it's unbelievable. What is go- who, who's in, so who's in charge of the Cooper Cup fan club? There's a big media bandwagon, and there's a PR department. No, honestly, Mike, they say he's really good. I'm not going to hype him up any more than you've been hearing, but Cooper Cup was a third-round pick. He might be their number one wide receiver, even with Sammy Watkins. Uh, they say he's a terrific player. and uh, Somebody told me he could catch 100 balls this year. Here we go. I'm just saying. Just It's, it's August. Enjoy it. All right, one thing you have to do is you have to pick an upset each week. So it, it, And we'll just make funny if it's really bad. But go ahead. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Give me an upset this week. I like Philly. I know it's not a huge update, but I like Philly and Washington. I think Washington lost McVay, Pierre Garçon, and Deshaun Jackson, and everyone just kind of thinks, oh, they'll be fine. They got Terrell Pryor. Sorry, it doesn't count. It's not an upset. Yeah, it is. No, Eagles are favored. Is that right? Yes. Eagles are favored. You got to give me a team that's that's an underdog. How about this one? Chargers, Monday night in Denver. Oh, that's good. Chargers are underdog. That's a good one. So you like the Chargers. Denver, how good is Denver going to be this year? Their offensive line's atrocious. Their quarterback, I'm not sure about. And I know Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram can wreck some havoc. So that's an upset pick You know, me. Joey I, I, Bosa held out, and he turned out to be not good. He turned out to be a great 
pass rusher. As a matter of fact, uh, probably about as good an edge pass rusher as there is anywhere this side of, say, Von Miller and Khalil Mack. Maybe, I mean, as far as just pure edge guys, this guy might be that good. I mean, he's a great edge rusher. I think he played 10 games and he had 10 and a half sacks. Yeah, he turned out to be, and I didn't think he'd be that good. I'm telling you, I watched Ohio State play, and I thought maybe he was just stronger than everybody in college and he wouldn't be that good. He turned out to be a really good player. The Chargers deal is an interesting one, right? Them and the Rams, no one seems to talk or care about them, but that is a turf war right now. So I think one of those teams needs to be good this year if there's going to be any relevance of L.A. football. All right, thanks very much. We'll be watching you. What game do you have this week? You have San Francisco and Carolina? San Francisco, Carolina. I was not picking an upset in that one. All right, see you later. Thanks, Peter. All right, Peter Schrager, Fox NFL Network. He'll join us each and every week this year. So will Gary Danielson, who's next. On college football, uh, Dr. O'Brien still to come. We'll go around the league. We got picks. We got two-minute drill. We got everything for week number one in the National Football League. Back after this.